0: Turning your Bibles to Psalm 119. We will be talking this morning about the sword of the Lord. Uh, those scriptures read earlier were in reference to the Word of God and being the sword of God. Psalm 119 is happens to be the longest chapter in the Bible. We're going to just try to cover the first eight verses this morning, okay? So rest well. <laughs> All right, let's stand together, and uh, well, before you stand, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I wanted to show you a picture. We see these on television all the time, don't we, these pictures of children who are starving to death, and we're asked to give money and and sin to help them and feed them, and you know, we're saddened by that, that there would be children in the world who are dying of hunger because there is plenty of food produced in this world. Let me ask you a question. If God took a picture of your spiritual condition, right now today, if he took a picture of you spiritually, what would you look like? What would be a photograph that someone would put an ad on TV because of your condition as a spiritual person? You know, as there's plenty of food in the world to feed children, there's plenty of Bibles in the world to feed you, with God's nutrition. In fact, I would venture to say that most of you probably have at the minimum five Bibles in your home. Some of you have a lot more than that. It's not the idea that we have a Bible there. We're not motivated to feed ourselves spiritually. We need to be motivated to do so. So today I hope that by God's word we might motivates you a little bit to get into the scripture now let's stand and read psalm 119 beginning in verse 1 the bible says how blessed let's stop right there how blessed what's another word for blessed there Happy. happy exactly when we translate that english it's really happy how happy is the are those who Who's what? Let's start over. Verse 1. How blessed or happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. Thou hast ordained Thy precepts, that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that My ways may be established to keep thy statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all thy commandments. I shall give thanks to thee with uprightness of heart when I learn thy righteous judgments. I shall keep thy statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. Let's pray. Father, bless your word today. And Father, speak to every heart in this room and reveal to us, Lord, a motivation to read your scripture. May we find that here in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, thank you. Here we find that the lovers of God's word are the people that end up being blessed, the people that end up being happy, motivated to follow God's word with integrity. God commands it in verse 4. Believers pray for it in verse 5. Thanksgiving is the result of it in verse 7. Our hope is fixed on God's grace in verse 8. Being blessed is what I want to speak to you about this morning. Being happy. Enjoying your salvation. Enjoying your walk with God. This scripture we just read, point number one on the screen. A blessed man, a happy man, is a Bible-reading man. Okay? Let's look at that a little bit closer. It says in verse one, How blessed are those whose way is blameless. If we were to enhance that thought it would say this how blessed are those whose way is a way of integrity a person can't be blameless because we're sinners but we can have integrity by the grace of God we can have our way forgiven by the grace of God I can be happy and walk in God's salvation by his grace Blessings are given to those who are living by God's Word. That's what verse 1 says. How blessed is the one whose way is a way of integrity. How blessed is that man who walks in the law of the Lord, who walks in God's ways. Amen. We can read a lot of words into that to try to explain it. But it gives us the idea that if I'm walking in God's ways then I can be happy. That's the result. Well, how do I know God's ways unless I'm reading God's Word? This is His way for me to walk. If you're not reading the Bible, then you are wandering around without direction. Oh yeah, you've got a way you're going. You've got your way decided. You've got your ideas for you to follow. You understand all of that, but that's not the way to be happy. And that's not the way to be blessed. Certainly not the way to God, to go your way. So I need to be going God's way, and He's given me scripture to follow and to be obedient to. Blessed are the people who submit to the ways of God, who submit to His word. We see there in verse one a couple of words way and walk. Life is a matter of direction, life is a matter of progress. Life is a matter of you having a destiny. If you're walking in this world, living in this world, without God's direction, then you're wandering, as I said, and you have no destiny. You have no purpose. You have no reason to be here. What is your purpose if you're walking without God? What is your purpose if you are following your own way? Where is it taking you? What is your destiny? Where are you trying to head? I venture to say most of you are looking for retirement. That's my destiny. That's what I'm looking for is to retire, and then I can kick back and have life easy. But you see, that's, that's not a destiny. That's just a cop-out. God created you to have destiny. God created you with purpose, and it wasn't for you to retire. You know, that's the American way. That's the upper 5% of the world living way the other 95 percent of the world don't look at retirement because there isn't such a thing amen there isn't a retirement there for them they live life and keep going until they drop breathe their last and die that's the way of the world you and i are blessed to be in this great country Because we have something called retirement. We have something called welfare. I've been to Mexico several times. You know what? They don't have that down there. They don't have welfare. I go into homes of people there, and guess what? Their moms and their dads and their grandpas and their grandmas are living with them. Because there aren't retirement homes. There aren't senior citizen centers. There's not Medicare we don't even have an inkling of the idea what it is to live in that shape and form. God gave you purpose and destiny all the way to the end. It's not to retire. It's not to get rich. It's not to put every, all your eggs in one basket. It's to live for Him. That's where you're going to find happiness. How happy is the man who walks in God's ways? Amen. That's what the Scripture is telling you. Happy is the man who walks in the ways of the Lord. This blessedness is not by chance. It's not by duty. It's not by performance. I don't look at the Bible and then I say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments today, and I will be happy. That's not what we do. That's, not, that's by duty. That's by performing. I'll, I'll give you an example. Verse 2 ends with this who seek him with all of their heart. How blessed is the man who walks in God's ways because at the end of those ways is God. So as Christians, we don't walk by the ordinances and the precepts and the statutes and the testimonies of God so that we can be fulfilling them. You might think that, you might feel that's the reason we walk in them, is to fulfill them. But let me tell you why they are there. Because they all end up at the presence of God. They all end up where God is. These precepts, these commandments, these ordinances that God's laid out to men to live by and walk by have a purpose in them. So you can find Him. Him. Amen? A holy God cannot just let sinners wander around in His courtyard. He doesn't. You would, you would be consumed instantly if you came into the presence of a holy God with sin in your life. That's why God said to the Israelites, to Moses, don't let them come up to this mountain. If they touch it, they will be consumed. God is holy. So in order for me to have relationship with this holy God, my sin has to be dealt with. And the laws and the commandments and the precepts and the testimonies and the ordinances that God gave us were to lead us up to His presence. Amen? That's why we follow these. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 1. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. You say you have fellowship with God, but you've got sin in your life? you're lying that's what that says you're lying you have to deal with that sin now jesus christ dealt with that sin for us as christians but before i became a christian i was dealing with my sin myself with god that's why when i would pick up the bible before i was a believer i would try reading things in here and it made no sense to me oh yeah i knew there were people that understood it and they tried to teach me But I could not grasp the meaning of the Bible. Why? Because I had sin in my life. And this Bible was going to lead me to Christ. And without Him, I couldn't understand it. So the first step we do in dealing with our sin is to come to the Savior. That's why God gave us these ordinances and these laws and these commandments. Not to bring me to despair... God, I can't keep these things. There's too many of them. I can't live this way. It's impossible because I fail day by day by day. What am I supposed to do? God said, now you're finally getting it, son. I gave you these to show you the perfect way to me. But you can't live them, can you? I said, no. And he said, then let me point you to the one who can help you. And these scriptures pointed me to the Savior. You see, the Savior came and He lived the ordinances and the precepts and the testimonies and the commands. He did it. And therefore, I must go to Him to find help. And then He did something on top of that. He gave His life for me. He died on the cross for me. I should have been on that cross. I should have given my life for my sin, but Jesus stepped in and He died for me. Man, I love that man now. I want to know that man. The Scriptures were given to us to drive us to the Savior because we couldn't fulfill them. We couldn't keep them. And so as we come to the Savior, we see what He's done for us. He died in our place. He was the sacrifice for my sin. I should have offered that with my life. Jesus stepped in my place. Jesus stepped in your place. Now we can have this fellowship with God, right? Look what it says in 1 John. If we say we have fellowship, but we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, As he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. Not you and me fellowship. Me and him fellowship. You and him fellowship. Vertical fellowship, not horizontal fellowship. We have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us continually of our sin. Continually cleanses us of our sin. Amen? who's the happy man the happy man is the guy that's got this figured out that's who the happy man is the man who reads the bible is the blessed man because he understands what jesus has done for him amen now this word in verse 2 look at it with me how blessed are those who observe his testimonies what's a testimony well we say that in church a lot Hey, get up and give your testimony. Share your testimony. A testimony is words that I say to you that you hear that tell of what Jesus has done for me. That's my testimony, my story. So when it says here that we observe God's testimonies, What is he referring to? He's referring to what God says, God's words say about sin and holiness. All right? What does the Bible say about sin? The wages of sin is death. You sin, you're going to die for it. But it also says that in holiness, the way to life is through Jesus Christ. Because he paid for that sin that brought my death, Jesus paid for it. So now there's what God's testimonies say about sin and holiness. That's what verse 2 is referring to. Look at it again. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies about sin and about holiness as God has been teaching us. As I told you, the result of God's testimonies is not so that you can put a check by your box and say, look what I've done. I've kept the testimonies. I've kept the ordinances. I've kept the commands of God. Therefore, He's going to let me into heaven. You see, that's not the idea behind the testimonies of sin and holiness. The idea behind it is that they would lead you to the presence of God. That's the result He's after. He's not after your perfection You hear me? He's not after your perfection in keeping all the rules. He's after a one on one fellowship with you. He wants your heart. He wants what you can only give. You can't give him your goodness. You don't have any. You can't give him your holiness. You don't possess any. You can't give him all your money. It's already his. You can't give him all your cattle. They already belong to him. The only thing you have that you can give him that he wants is your heart. You see that? So that's why we follow the commands and the testimonies and the statutes. God's after a fellowship with you. A fellowship with me. Not a rule keeper not a goody two-shoes, not a holier-than-thou. God wants somebody who wants Him. A fellowship. A one-on-one. That's what He's after. That's what the idea of Psalm 119 is trying to teach us. The ways that we walk can be pleasing to god if we walk in obedience to his word now you say brother clay i'm working on that and i'm striving to do that because all of my ways are not quite god's ways yet press on brother keep going the end is near the fulfillment will happen god will grant that to you the bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the bible all right The first point is this: a blessed man is a man who's a reading Bible. uh Whoa, is a Bible reading man. Sorry about that water. Sorry, EJ. Oh, that wasn't EJ. Okay. A blessed man is a Bible reading man. Point number two: a man of integrity becomes a blessed man. Look at that. A man of integrity becomes a blessed man. Look in verse four. Thou hast ordained thy precepts, that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep thy statutes. You see, searching for God and for His presence is grounded in His Word, and we do that with all of our heart. God's command is for us to do this diligently. It's not by accident that you're going to find God. It's not by chance that you're going to find Him. We have to strive to keep the commandments so that we can find the presence of God. God must give us that will. Look what He says in verse 5. Oh, that my ways may be established. God puts that desire, that motivation to keep His laws and to live by them He puts that in our new man. We are not naturally prone to live toward God. In fact, we are naturally opposed to Him. That's why when you sin, you hide. That's why when... This church isn't full today because people don't want to come in and deal with their sin and the guilt of it. And so it's easier to stay away from church than it is to go and hear that preacher talk about my sin. Amen? That's it. And so it's easier to stay away than to come and deal with your sin. But God wants you to deal with it. Somebody's got to deal with it. And you and I need to see that. He puts the new desire to follow God in our new man. When we become saved, my ways, that he says here in verse 5, is just my normal mode of action. All right? My normal way of living life, that's my ways. God's ways are permanent ordinances, permanent decisions. Amen. God has established them from long ago. And he says, This is the way to find me. Walk this way. Do these things and you will find my presence. That's what we're after, His presence in our life. Without God's help, our life would become a wreck. You know, all of us have to obey the traffic signals and, and the traffic laws. If, if all of us went out and just drove home today from church and we didn't stop at a stop sign or a red light or a yield at an intersection, what would happen? There would be wrecks everywhere, Right? There would be wrecks all over the place. We have red lights to prevent us from having accidents. Now, I know when you're in a hurry and you run downtown Lindsay and you're trying to get across town and then four lights hit you all at the same time red, that's aggravating. But four red lights in a row is way better than a wreck. Amen? God's Word has red lights in it. They're for a purpose. To protect you, to keep you safe, to let traffic of life intersect and go every day without incident or accident. But guess what? God's Word also has green lights. Love each other. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What are the red lights? Don't be angry. Don't be resentful. Don't be a gossip. Don't be a hater. Deal with your sin. Those are things that we have to do. Red lights and green lights. God gives us all those protections, all that correction, all that direction. Remember I said God's not interested in your perfection. He's interested in your direction. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to come into His presence. It's only through the Holy Spirit's power in us that we can keep God's commandments. Before I was a Christian, I couldn't keep any commandments. I was a failure at all of them. But when I became a Christian, suddenly I had a power. What was that power? The Holy Spirit. And when an opportunity or a temptation came my way to break one of those commandments, it was like a red flag in my face waving. The Holy Spirit saying, Don't do it. Don't do it. He didn't tie my hands. He didn't bound me and tie me up where I couldn't do it. He just said, don't do it. Don't do it. Gail uses this analogy. Every time temptation came to her, the Holy Spirit would put a picture of Jesus hanging on the cross, dying for her. Man, if that won't stop you from sinning, I don't know what would. The Holy Spirit does that. He empowers us. He puts these things in our life new And we see what it is to walk with God. And suddenly, we're motivated to do that. Because being with Jesus and in His presence is a thousand times greater than some sin that I'm tempted to commit. Amen? And so, God does that for us. The man of integrity becomes the blessed man. As you obey God, as you walk in His ways, suddenly you become blessed. Look in verse 6, it says there, Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all thy commandments. Then I shall not be ashamed. Why was I ashamed? Why would I be ashamed? Because I can't keep them. And I'm ashamed of that. But then I got Christ in me, just as I talk, and the Holy Spirit empowers us. Once we commit our life to live, then we can come before God unashamed right we can come before him this book this law of God is like a mirror and what the mirror does is it reflects me as I look and read the scripture I say wow that's speaking to that part of my life that's speaking to that sin that I'm in that's speaking to that uh, gossip that I'm spreading. That's speaking to the lies. That's speaking to the, whatever the sin might be. God reveals that and we see ourselves in those scriptures. And as we see ourselves in those scriptures, then we see our sin in those scriptures. And God says, I'm showing you who you are, not to drive you down, but to raise you up. I don't want you to be in despair about who you are. I know who you are. I know you're made of dust. I know you're frail. I know you're weak. But I'm showing you who you are in these scriptures so you'll turn around and you'll repent and you'll come to me. So the Bible is a mirror and we see ourselves in it all the time. It's not to bring despair into our life. It's so that we'll turn from our sin and turn to God. The blessed man, the Bible-reading man, becomes the blessed man. As he walks, as he turns, as he repents from God. Now, this law was designed, as I said, to drive us to the Christ, to drive us to salvation. We couldn't keep it, but Jesus did. And now He offers salvation to us. So we go to Him to receive that salvation. Now when I receive Christ, now I'm not ashamed. Jesus took my shame on the cross and dealt with it. Oh, I I hate myself when I slip up in sin. I hate that I do that. But I'm not ashamed now because I can come to God and the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses me of that. When I confess it, He cleanses. When I confess it, He cleanses. When I confess it, He cleanses. And I get to walk in the light. I get to stay in the light. And I get to have fellowship with God. I'm no longer ashamed. My shame is lifted. This law no longer can condemn me. Why? Because I'm forgiven. I can read the Bible and I can say, that was me, but not now. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. The law can no longer condemn me. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? I am not condemned. I am not shameful. It also says that my conscience no longer accuses me. Right? Before I was a Christian and I would sin, it would hang over my head. I would have guilt, unridden guilt. I, would, I couldn't take it anymore. When I came to Christ and He paid for that sin... It gave me new life. Now when I commit sin, then I'm not accused of it. Because the devil is the only one who accuses. The Holy Spirit convicts, but the devil accuses. And the Holy Spirit convicts to turn me away from that sin. And now I am ready to worship. How many of you remember going to church before you were a Christian? Show your hand. How many of you remember going to church before you were a Christian and singing those songs and not being able to connect. Whoo, look at that. Look at that. I would watch those people worshiping. I would see them engaging in it. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't connect. Why? What was wrong? I didn't have the Holy Spirit. I had not repented of my sin. I could not come into the presence of God. I was not able to do that. Once I come to Christ, once my sins forgiven, once I'm walking with God in obedience to his word, now I can worship. Now I understand worship. Now I see the savior Now I know what He's done for me. Now I can openly and honestly worship God because I am walking in obedience to His Word. That's my third point. The final point is this. Genuine praise follows obedient living. Look in verse 7. I shall give thanks to Thee with uprightness of heart when I learned Thy righteous judgments. I will give thanks to Thee when I learn. I'll give thanks to Thee because I have learned. I cannot give thanks to Thee until I have learned. Amen? The word learn there has the idea with it of experience. When you learn something... You experience it. Amen? So He says, I shall give thanks to Thee with uprightness of heart when I have experienced Thy righteous judgments. Amen? You see what God's saying to us? He says that learning is a way of not just acting obedient, but becoming obedient. I will give praise to You, God, when I learn to be obedient and it is then and only then that you can truly worship god you might be one of those today who have come to church and you saw the worship and you enjoyed the beat and the tune and the words but you weren't connecting with god because you're not worshiping because you can't worship until you have learned The experience of God's righteousness and His justice and His salvation. Amen. Now, understanding what is to follow with God's Word, to experience the life-giving power of Jesus Christ, that's what he means by experiencing the judgments of God. Verse 8, God says this. I'm sorry, the writer says this. I shall keep thy statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. Utterly. That seems a strange way to end all of this connection with God. And then he ends, don't forsake me, God. Here's what he's saying in reality. God, don't leave me to myself. Without you, I cannot worship. Without you, I cannot repent. Without you, I cannot understand. Without you, I cannot follow your ways. Without you, I cannot... Be in your presence. God, I need you. Don't leave me to myself. Some of you here are saying that right now. God, don't leave me to myself. I will observe your ways. I will follow your commands. I shall keep thy statutes. The blessed man... Is the man who reads the Bible. The man who reads the Bible. Becomes the blessed man. And in the end. The man who is blessed. Is the only one who can genuinely. Worship God. Because he has experienced. The truth of God. And the justice of God. What is the result of all of this? The ordinances. The commandments. I've shared it with you earlier. What's God after and getting you to follow and line up. He's after your heart. Because he wants you to be in his presence. And he wants to experience you and you experience him. There's no better place to be, my friend. Don't hide from him. You can hide like Adam. You can hide. But one day you're going to stand before him. Either as Savior or Judge. Either as your King or as your condemner. The choice is yours. I pray today that you stand before Him and kneel and bend your knee to the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, as He desires to know you. Let's pray. Father, we ask You to bless this moment and this time. and Father, as You um, enter and... Deal with every heart that's in this room. I pray that some would surrender to you even now in this place and come to know you and the beauty there is in knowing God and the majesty there is in walking with him and the life of being blessed and being happy in this world is of utmost value to all men. I pray you give that to some today in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you instill even a brother or sister who's walked away from you to come home and to turn back, Father, and give their heart again into your hands and that you would restore them even today in this place. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm